What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo right now competing for the gold medals. And DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for my listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or even bronze this week. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often, so sign up for a DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all of the action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbooks, and I know you will too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years of age or older. New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Mike Badano, and you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks. Hey, hello, guys, and welcome into the Sarcastic Remarks studios. Along with Christian Chambers, I am Ryan, and uh, this is where uh, stories happen for the stars. We talk about these sort of things, and Unfortunately, we live in a state where football is king and we fell in love with hockey. So hopefully you'll enjoy our banter back and forth. Uh, Chris, we've been gone for a while. Nothing's happened, right? Uh, Absolutely nothing. Yeah, except for hockey uh, stopped making sense. But, you know. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, Halo, everybody. Halo. Yeah, (laughs) there is so much that uh, we have to talk about. Um, And you may not hear us talk about everything this evening <laughs> no uh, so there's no way i mean we'd probably what four hours probably if we actually yeah. mentioned everything so yeah. we'll do it we're gonna split this up into two episodes uh we got tonight and then we also got tomorrow night so for those of you that are listening on the podcast side uh you'll get another one t- uh tomorrow as well um so specifically what we're gonna do tonight is we're gonna think stars perspective only all right so we're gonna look at just the star's side of the news and uh, see what we got going on here. 
because uh, golly, just with the stars, there's so much that has uh, happened over the course of the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. with the uh, Seattle expansion draft, and then also with the uh, also with the NHL draft, and then also with free agency, which uh, nobody thought that the stars were going to be super uh, affluent in the uh, free agency. And that's exactly what happened. Boy, were they wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So let's just talk about just the first bit of stars news that I want to mention. Um, this one just broke. Uh, I think this morning, uh, it might've been this morning or just yesterday. Uh, it's long overdue, but uh, Sergei Zuboff, the man, the myth, the legend himself, number 56, uh, Mr. Hall of Famer now, is finally getting his uh, number retired by the Dallas Stars. And that will be happening in uh, January of this upcoming season. And I believe it's going to be against the Capitals. So uh, congratulations to uh, Mr. Sergei Zuboff. Not like he uh, didn't deserve it or anything, or not that we didn't expect it, but uh, it couldn't have gone to a... uh, more deserving uh, person uh, among the Stars Blue Liners. Oh, love Zuboff. Integral to the cup run. It'll always be a part of Dallas Stars history. Well, and it, it seemed for the longest time, for a while, that uh, he was not going to get his number in in the uh, Hall of Fame, his number, his name in the Hall of Fame at all. Uh, even though he, you know, won a couple cups and, you know, had been in, an integral part of all of these uh, teams and especially for the Dallas stars for years and years and years. Uh, so that makes, uh, what is that? Are we up to four hall of famers that were on that Stanley cup uh, team? It was Madonna, yeah. Belfour, uh, Carpino and Zuboff now. So four of those guys, very integral parts of the Dallas stars. Congratulations to Sergei Zuboff. Um, uh, but let's get down into the stuff that we really want to talk about. Um, that Seattle expansion draft. Uh, wait, wait, wait. And Brett Hall. <laughs> and, oh, and Brett Hall. Oh, five. Oh, that's so bad. Oh, I can just imagine Brett Hall like stare, watching our I had to look right it up because I thought I was going crazy or something. I was like, did you just not say yeah. Brett Hall? Derp. And, and, uh, you know, it says a guy that, you know, scored over 600 goals or something. No big deal. <laughs> okay, but... Uh, uh, can you just imagine him watching our stream and being like, dude, what the heck, man? Uh, I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Hopefully he never sees this and I don't feel awkward and, and bad. Um, anyways. Okay. So let's get to the uh, Seattle expansion draft. We're going to talk specifically with the stars. Okay. So uh, one move before the Seattle expansion draft actually starts for the stars and what everybody thought was going to be the pick for the Seattle Kraken was not meant to be because uh, the Dallas Stars trade Jason Dickinson to the Vancouver Canucks for a third-round pick. Uh, I believe it's in 2023. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure on the year, but I am sure on the round. Um, I, I hate that so much. And specifically for <laughs> me, you know, everybody who watches our streams or listens to our podcast knows that he is one of my favorite players. Uh, he will continue to be my favorite player, even if he plays for a uh, – a really rough uh, Vancouver Canucks team. But uh, Chris, what did you think about the trade? I mean, yeah, it, it kind of sucks, but I mean, it's the right trade to make because he was definitely going to be picked if, if he wasn't, uh, if he wasn't traded because he still had years on his contract. He was an RFA. He was a young guy. He 
was still getting better. He's somebody you could really build the team on and could really be a solid third line guy for him. So now we get a pick for him, which is obviously better than nothing. So it's the right trade, even though it sucks, but there was no way we were keeping him. Well, yeah, it was either him or Alexiak. And uh, at the time it didn't sound like Alexiak was going to be signing with the, uh, uh, with the Kraken, but unfortunately that happened. We'll get to that in a second, but uh, man, I, I know a lot of people think that, oh, it's Jason Dickinson. It's not that big a deal. But for me, especially this past year, he really stepped up as the third line shutdown center. And he, I mean, you can talk about him not, you know, progressing enough with his offense or anything like that. But defensively, I think he was on the elite side of the NHL. And he could, I mean, you, I would not hesitate to put him up there with like the Philip Deneau's of the world. And the, you know, those top, you know, third line shutdown centers of the world. And uh, he was absolutely fantastic. And especially with Radic Faxa uh, not playing up to his uh, potential like he has this past year. And, you know, just him being hurt overall. I mean, there was even times he was on the second line and just he did a bunch for the for the stars this year. So, yeah, unfortunately, I, I think that's go. that's more of a tell of how many injuries we had than how good Jason Dickinson is, though, in my opinion. I mean. I, I I thought he was good. You you convinced me throughout the season. You you made me a Jason Dickinson fan, but in my opinion, this isn't a huge deal, especially with the the signings that we made that we're gonna get into soon, and with Holy the fact crap, that Radic yeah. Foxa is gonna be healed up, like he's gonna fill that spot and be just as good as he was before, in my opinion. So not a big not a big deal in my opinion, but I do I do miss him. It would it would it would be nice to keep him, but not a huge deal. Yeah, the it's I mean Jim Nil did go out and uh, you know make sure that we replace Dickinson and Alexiak both in the free agent signings. Uh, again, we'll get to that. We're, we keep jumping ahead, um, so let's just go ahead and get to uh, the main reason why we wanna why we wanted to do this show uh, was to say goodbye to Jamie Alexiak. Uh, he he does as UFA. He is the pick for the Seattle Kraken from the Dallas Stars. Because I mean, honestly, who else were they going to take other than Alexiak? Who else would they take? Uh, they would have taken Marsha Show or Ma- I don't know how to say his name. How do you say that name? Masherin. Masherin. Marsha Show. He's on. He's on Masherin. Masherhasher have 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 They would have taken Adam. You think they would have taken Adam? If uh, Alexiak hadn't said anything. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I, I looked into some Twitter stuff. I forgot who reported this. Sorry, whoever it was. I mean, but whatever. Uh, But it sounds like it was a really last minute thing because Alexiak said that he had no idea until the day before the expansion draft and his agent told him to get on a plane and go to Seattle. So it sounds like Alexiak was just worth too much. And from seeing the contract that he signed, that's pretty true. It's a little bit higher than I think we would have been able to pay. And obviously it was too high for what Neil would want to do. So he goes to Seattle, which really sucks. He's an awesome player and could get better from here. So it really sucks to lose him. He's going to be really good on the Kraken and, and could even become a top top pair guy for them in the future. So good luck to him. Yeah, so, you know, good, really good luck to him. I mean, he got paid. He deserved it. He, he really deserved did. to get paid. He got yeah. his contract. Um, 
And uh, well, speaking of that contract, let me find those numbers real quick. Uh, yeah. He signed a four-year deal. No, five-year deal. Excuse me. Uh, four-year deal was Larson. Uh, five-year deal for a annual cap hit of four point six million dollars. So I mean, that's that's top four right there. And you know, for Alexia, he may even get the opportunity to uh, play top two minutes with uh, uh, the Seattle Kraken. So. Um, yeah. And I mean, he deserves it. He's been a great player and he's shown that he can even be offensive as well. Maybe we see more of that on the Kraken since they don't have as good puck movers as the stars already have. He can try and find a different role there, maybe even too, but love Alexiak. When we first got him, he was good. We sent him off to Pittsburgh to get better, brought him back, made a cup run. Good luck to him later on. We'll win the cup without him. Yeah. And you know, that's, <laughs> and you know, that's the other reason why a lot of people are talking about, uh, about Alexiak, especially the Seattle's very excited because he he has Stanley Cup experience, Stanley Cup Finals experience, and nonetheless. So, uh, I know a lot of people look at that, and some people believe in that, some people don't. Uh, I believe unless you're in that kind of a situation, you really don't understand what the experience is like to be in the Stanley Cup Final. And you know, for someone like Jamie Alexiak, he's got that experience. He's in the prime of his career. He's 28 years old. He's not like, you know, late thirties or forties, like Chara or anything like that. And like you said, he played with a, an elite defenseman in uh, Mira Haskin in the past, is it year and a half or two years? So, and, and he was averaging over 20 minutes a game uh, oh, yeah. for the, for us this past season. So that's, I mean, that's a huge hole that, uh, the stars would have to fill, yeah. uh, which they have filled now. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to get into it, but we tried filling second. it with two guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and uh, we'll talk about that here in a second, but um, and one of the things we're also going to miss about Alexiak is just, just his pure size. I mean, there's not many guys in the NHL with his size. We found one though. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, close. <laughs> He's still smaller than Alexiak, but we did find one. So, uh, and honestly, I mean, just some career numbers. He was had six goals, 14 points, minus three uh, this past season. Uh, he had a 55.8 percentage, five-on-five scoring chance, four percentage, and 56 regular season games with the Stars last season. Uh, and like I said, 20 and a half minutes per game, and he was in, and that included a minute and a half uh, average with uh, when we were down a man, so on the penalty kill. So. Man, lots of lots of things that he filled that uh, I don't know if the stars fully, yeah, you know, that sucks. addressed it, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, that is one guy that we definitely wanted to have. But uh, so, do you think that? So, so you said that it, you read somewhere that it was definitely a last minute thing. It was it really a last minute thing? I I think it was. I mean, I think Alexiak was just gonna take however much he could get from whoever it was because that's where he is in his contract life right now. Like he so needs to, ca- he needs to cash in. That's where he is in age is what I meant. So but, you don't, th- so you don't think that that 4.5 would, would come from the stars at all. I, yeah. I don't think we were willing to pay that. I think, I think he probably maxed out at four or, or Neil probably offered him max four AAV. So. Well, that, see, I, I don't necessarily believe that. Cause if, if, if it was offered four, him more? No, well, if, if the max was four for nil, I, I would I would spend the extra uh, five hundred thousand to keep him around, uh, just just because of the way he played with Haskinen. And I, I know some people don't like the way that 
Uh, he played with Haskinen because he said a lot of people said that he was too willy nilly. He wasn't uh, stay at home defenseman enough for Miro Haskinen to do. Which Miro I, Haskinen I slightly teams. agree with. I I don't care though. Alexiak did did offensive things, and we need that in a team that can't score goals. So I, I, I mean, think having a guy that's gonna stay stay behind more and be like like I think Haskinen was more Alexiak security blanket than the other way around. So I think if we can find a way for Haskinen to have a security blanket, which I'm sure we're gonna talk about with the guy we signed later, I think that will allow him to be more offensive and be more aggressive, which I think will lead to more points, which is what we need from our defensemen to win games, obviously from what we saw in the playoffs. So I think overall it, in a weird way, this is going to make Haskin and better Alexiak being drafted. <laughs> so, well, I, I mean, the responsibility is definitely going to go on that top three again, uh, especially off. It was before this anyway, though. So, but still, Alexiak had. Way, I understand. Uh, yeah, Alexiak still had a portion of that responsibility in the top four, and the the further that it went along in the past couple of years, the more that was that you could rely on Alexiak being a solid, you know, NHL top four defenseman. Yeah, and, and I'm not um, arguing unfortunately, that he's definitely top four at least. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, that's exactly why he was signed. So, yep. and why he was uh, taken from the Stars. And, uh, you know, the other thing I was I was thinking about is, you know, they had him in Seattle, right? So it's not like he's one of those picks that they take from a team and then immediately flip him for something else. No, he's, yeah, he's, he's a he is boy. a Seattle Kraken. He, it, it, do you say Seattle Kraken? He is a Seattle Kraken, or do you say he's, he's a, a Kraken? He's a Krakener. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, he's he, going to he, Seattle. He, he's staying in <laughs> Seattle. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, that, that was the other thing I noticed about him, uh, being there along with Jordan Eberle, Chris Drieger, uh, some of those yeah. other players that were there. Well, what I read, he said he hopped on a plane the night before. So <laughs> go figure, man, go figure. So, all right. Uh, well, anyway, put a bow on it. Thank you, Alexiak for your years in Dallas, especially your second stint, uh, your, you know, your contribution to that Stanley cup run in 2020, uh, it, it it's always going to be in the front of my mind, and uh, and as a Dallas Stars fan, I th- I think I can speak for Chris. Uh, we thank you very very much, and we you know good luck to you in Seattle. I'm glad you got paid. Uh, but if you play the Stars again, we will not be booing you. I promise. Okay, so no Stars fans are allowed to boo Jamie Alexiak when he comes to town. Okay. Can't wait to see him in those awesome jerseys. Oh my yeah. gosh. I, w- I will say those jerseys. I-, I mean, I don't know what is with the last uh, two teams, the Seattle expan- the Seattle expansion and the Vegas expansion, but both, uh, both jerseys have been just excellent. Awesome. Hot take. Don't like Vegas jerseys. Really? Correct. I, I-, I love the Vegas jerseys. I love the Vegas. That's not what we're talking about. Especially the gold jerseys. Yeah. We got too much. You say especially. Okay. Move on. I I don't like the gold helmets, though. The gold helmets are stupid. All right. All right. Uh, Anyways. All right. All right. Yeah. Before we open another box of can of worms, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Okay. Anyways. uh, So let's get into. uh, Don't give me that look. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get into this next topic that we're going to talk about. Um which is we're going to skip over the NHL draft. We'll talk about that tomorrow because we, we both need to do a little bit more uh, research on that before we get to it. Uh, 
but uh, just as a disclaimer, uh, the Stars got a lot of prospects. Uh, I think we had good. <laughs> I mean, we started with uh, eight picks, and we ended up with ten. And I think we got all the players that that uh, Jim No wanted. So, which is you know, trading to get to to take the lower pick in the first round to get more draft picks overall is an amazing move, especially in this year's draft because nobody has any idea of which players are good right now. <laughs> it's literally we're we're getting more shots in our gun to try and hit a good target right now. That's yeah, all that yeah. was. I think that was a great move. Just want to talk about that real quick. Yeah, and and, and side note. People need to stop talking about Jim No like he's an idiot. I mean, I love you, Josh. Josh, if you're listening, I know you don't like Jim No for some of the moves that he's made, but I love Jim No. I really do. And there's a reason why he's been around the stars for a long time now. Uh, yes, he's made some boneheaded decisions and some some darts haven't stuck. Especially with prospects. Especially with prospects. Yeah, I am Valdeshushkin. Uh, but you know the, the the fact that you know he's. He's never made it like a stupid, stupid, stupid decision. Like it, it's some of the contracts that were handed out uh, the past couple days. Holy crap! Uh, I am so glad, by the way, that we did not go after Blake Coleman. Aren't you? Aren't you glad or, with or the Seth amount of Jones. money or yeah. Seth Jones? Nine and a half million dollars for a for Seth Jones for <laughs> Seth Jones. Chicago, are you insane? That's are another you absolutely tomorrow. insane. That's another. That's another we'll get more into that tomorrow, <laughs> but. Um, it's but, so hard to stay on track today, guys. Okay. Oh, my God. All right. All right. All right. I'm just going to stop Free agent there. signings. Free agent signings. Here we go. Uh, okay. So, first off, we want to mention two players that the Stars, uh, we already knew we were losing, but they've already signed contracts. Uh, there's others that have not, but these are the two I know of for sure. Uh, Cogliano has uh, signed a one-year deal to go to San Jose. And uh, he's, I think it was for $1.1 million. So good luck to Andrew Cogliano. Uh, we loved his play in Dallas. It, he, we just couldn't score. He's he back just couldn't in Cali. score. Yep. He's back in California. Um, and then also Mark Pissick. Uh, as much as it was a short time with the Dallas Stars for Mark Pissick, uh, he was very effective for the Stars uh, for what he was asked to do last year with the, uh, whether he was on offense uh, or defense or whatever situation he was put into. Uh, we actually signed him as a defenseman, and then most of the time he was playing offense, and he did a fantastic job with it. So, uh, you thank know, you, good Pissick. luck. Thank you, You were adequate. Yes, thank you, Pissick. And <laughs> you know, uh, the only bad thing for him is he go he is going to where, you know, all players die. He's going to Buffalo. So nah, Arizona's where all players die right no, now. No, 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 no. Buffalo, Buffalo okay. is okay, all right, the real place quick. where players are already real, dead. Okay, real quick. Uh, who's worse? Who's the worst franchise? Arizona or Buffalo? Worst franchise is Buffalo, but okay. worst team Arizona? Arizona. Really? I mean, Buffalo technically still has Jack Eichel right now. So <laughs> Okay, but we all we all know that he's gonna be traded before the season starts. If he's hey, not traded before the season starts, I will be very highly shocked. Okay, again, we're getting off topic. Okay, anyways, all right, so, uh, holy crap, Jim, no. Um, we heard about one signing, you know, a couple of days, maybe a day before free agency opened on July 28th. Little waspers. Little waspers, and there was, you know, we expected it. Some people agreed with it, some people don't. Um, it just depends on how you look at the contract. And then everything blows up and we signed like six or seven guys and uh very highly addressed depth uh within this organization so 
Uh, let's just start at the top. Uh, we'll start with the obvious one. Uh, Ryan Suter uh, comes from the Minnesota Wild on a four-year deal worth $3.65 million per season. Uh, he is 36 years old, so it is a 35-plus-year-old or, or, uh, contract. Um, uh, where's Sam when you need him? He, he hates 35-year-old contracts. <laughs> I so, don't know. Uh, what's, your, what's your original thoughts on this deal, Christian? Any ideas? Well, just like everyone has been saying, it's a great signing, but we hate the term. But like, <laughs> so that's what everyone's saying. We all know it's not a great term. Four years, he's going to be playing for the Stars, or he's going to be under contract for the Stars at least, when he turns 40. That's not good. <laughs> so what I realistically think this is, is that this is a loner, because we're trying to win now, but he wants the the stability to know whether he's going to be in Dallas until the end of his career. And that's what it costed for us to get Ryan Suter to try and win a cup with this original core. So for that, I think it's worth it. So I think overall this signing is meh plus. (laughs) (laughs) I I give it a meh plus (laughs) because I wanted Ryan Suter, but man, that contract sucks. (laughs) <laughs> well, and and this is why, excuse me, um, this is why I think that Nil was not willing to go above 3.5. Cause uh, for Alexiak, that is. I should go back to that. For Alexiak, he wasn't willing to go. I mean, he, he fudged a little bit for Suter, but not much, right? Um, so I mean that's why he Alexiak got went, decided, yeah, fine, I'll go to Seattle, and he got his payday. Um that makes sense, yeah. And and so from from Nil's side, it, he knew what he was going to do, but none of the Stars fans knew what all of these signings. Holy crap! That we were going to get all of these signings. Um, yeah, because that that extra million in cap space that we save from going with Suter instead of re-signing Alexiak is going to other a players. Really good number players. five defenseman that we signed too. Yes, we'll, we'll and I'm later. really excited for that. Uh, so. And so let's talk more about Suter though. Um, do you, he does get a uh, no movement clause. That is the worst part of the contract. <laughs> but do but you, it's expected. <laughs> right. And, and, and honestly, if you're look at it from Ryan Suter's perspective, do you really blame him? No, well, that's that exactly no what th- th- those were his terms. Like 3.5 is nothing for somebody like who's been in the league for as he long was get, as he is. He was going to make 7.5 million if he wasn't bought out this year. Exactly. Like 3.5 is like very small for, but that's, he wants to be able to end his contract and know where he's going to be. It he's happy being in Texas and then ending his career. That was his, his terms was the, the term (laughs) he wanted four years and he wanted to know where he was going to be. And if that's what it took, fine. We're not going to, once, once our core is, Old, too old to actually be good and once we lose Radulov and Pavelski and we start flirting with what's going to happen to Ben and Sagan we're not going to be contending anymore at that point and that's when Ryan Suter's going to be in the last last year last two years of his contract so right. at that point it's not it doesn't matter that we have 3.5 that is maybe a seventh defenseman even at that point well so and- I think it's worth it in two things about that no movement clause. One, expansion is over. So, uh, you know, 
general managers were a little bit more, uh, were less frugal with the no movement clauses that they handed out this, uh, this off season period, because you didn't have to worry about Seattle expansion. Right. And then at the cap hit that he's at, if he's a five or six player, you know, that's something that you can eat up and, and be okay. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it wouldn't, you can live with it. It wouldn't be a great contract. It, it wouldn't be like a, uh, it would be, a, it would be a bad contract, well, <laughs> but it, it wouldn't be awful. <laughs> but that's one of the things I love about Nell. I'm going to go back to Nell because he doesn't sign stupid contracts. Like for yeah. example, the, uh, oh my gosh, uh, San Jose, not Brent Burns, other dude. Er, uh, is it Carlson? Carlson. Thank I almost said Erickson. Duh. Carlson. Thank you. Uh, the, he, at least he didn't sign. He doesn't sign stupid contracts like that. That's why we got Joe Pavelski yeah. in the first place is because, you know, the general manager of San Jose signed him to yeah. that $11.5 million contract. And, and, and I'll agree. This contract isn't stupid. It's just the last two years are, are bad, <laughs> but, but if he, we, if the first two years are good, then it's worth it. Right. right Cause yeah, we're trying to win the cup in the next two. Is right. What I feel yeah, like. exactly. So Suter gave up some of the money that he probably could have gotten elsewhere. Right. And we gave up the fact that we didn't want to give him a no movement clause, but we gave it to him because that's what he wanted. And that's why he probably signed with Dallas. There were other teams that were probably maybe even offering him more money, but you get uh, one year, four and a half probably. Yeah. Yeah. And at his age at 36, uh, Ryan Suter, he is a guy that, you know, he, he's got a family. He's got, he's got young kids. He's got a wife. They, They want to, they'd like to stay in the same place. And, and uh, based off of the conversation that he had with Bill Guerin when he was bought out, uh, <laughs> he he said it very uh, politely when he had his uh, his interview. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, he was really mad, and, and and you know he had every right to be mad with the fact that uh, he was getting bought out like that because he was expecting to stay in Minnesota, and not, and that unfortunately for him didn't happen. Um, so I really don't blame him for that. Um, and then uh, from Jim Nell's perspective on the no movement clause, I really don't mind it. I really don't. I, I know he's an old guy. I know he's not somebody that you would normally uh, give a no movement clause to, but Ryan Suter is a veteran defenseman in this league. Uh, he, he he fully deserves it. He deserves the money that he got. And then uh, the last point that I make on Ryan Suter is uh, we were – we're paying for the last three years for this year alone, this first year. This is it. Uh, whether the whether Jim Nill admits it or not, this is it. This is the year. If we're going to go back and get another chance to go to the Stanley Cup final and you know win it with this core, like you said, this is our last chance because next year, Radulov's gone. Uh, Pavelski's gone. Uh, all of these contracts are coming off the book contract is coming up claimers <laughs> which i'm glad to hear that there's an extension uh i i watched uh, uh jim nill's uh media availability mm-hmm. uh right after um free agency after he did all the signings and he said that uh Kleinberg was getting like currently was talking negotiations so uh, i'm glad to hear that but which how is that possible he's doing a meeting and talking to Kleinberg at the same time crazy you're a dork, Chris. Shut up. <laughs> Talented guy. Anyways, okay. So, Ryan Suter, do you, uh, okay, based off of the other signing that we'll talk about here in a second, do you see him filling that fourth spot in filling Alexiak's role? 
I think it's gonna just be depend on whoever plays better with Miro. If Miro likes playing with Suter better or playing with a classic big guy like Alexiak, it just depends on what works best. I think either one would be fine. All right. So I'm leaning uh, towards Suter. Yes. There, there's my official answer. <laughs> right. So all right. So we, we keep we keep you know mentioning this guy. We're gonna go ahead and go ahead with him first before this we get to the mystery defenseman. Yeah, the mystery defenseman. Uh, his le- he he has one of the greatest names in the world. This reminds me of Yoki Paka. Remember Yoki Yoki Paka? Mm-hmm. He has a name just like that. His name is Hakenpa. Hakenpa. That is so much fun to say. I cannot I cannot wait for uh, Razor to say that for the first time and have some sort of Razorism with Hakenpa. Okay. Uh, Hawk and Paw comes from the Carolina Hurricanes. He is a 6'5", holy crap, big boy. Uh, another Probably a guy to help fulfill that size role uh, that Alexiak left. Um, he signs for a three-year deal worth $1.5 million per. Um, and depending on how you look at this contract, uh, this could be a good contract, uh, good value, or we could have overpaid him. Uh, what's your thoughts or initial thoughts on Mr. Hockenpah? I think this is the best free agent signing. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll have it tied. It's tied for the best free agent signing. So <laughs> I think, so he's 29. It's a three-year contract, which he's going to be on this team for a while still. And even if he, and if he does suck, of course I can trade him because he doesn't have a no movement clause. He's a nobody. But <laughs> anyway, from what I've seen and heard from other people who watch him often, he's a really like solid defensive guy. Like he, his mindset is defense first. He's not really offensively minded at all, but he's a solid D guy. Doesn't really make mistakes. He's always in the right position. And of course he's big. We like big, big is good. So I really love the signing. I think it's super cheap. I think it's cheaper than what he deserves from what I've heard at least. So I really like this signing. A um, couple of things about Mr. Hockenpah. Uh, his first name, Yanni. Yanni Hockenpah. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to keep saying it because it's so much fun to say. <laughs> uh, anyways, he is 29 years old. Split the season between Anaheim and Carolina last season. Uh, like you said, he, he's not an offensive guy. He only had four points in 57 regular season games between the two teams. But his big thing, he finished third in the league with 215 hits. I'm really excited for that part. I like that. <laughs> uh, so he also, uh, he played with Carolina uh, in the playoffs. He, he showed up in, with Carolina for 11 playoff games. Um, and he, here's another interesting thing about uh, Hawk and Pop and why he wanted to come to the Stars. Uh what are the stars known for, Christian? Uh, left-handed defenseman. Good guess, but no. <laughs> He's Finnish. He's another member of the Finnish Mafia. We have another one to add to that. Uh, interesting uh, statistic that I saw on... Uh, well, it's not really a statistic. It's more just like a interesting fact uh, that I saw on Twitter. The Stars will be the first team in NHL history to have 30 different Finnish players play for their NHL team. So that goes to show you why he came to the Stars, because Rope Hints, Miro Haskinen, yada, 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 yada. And, you know, just 
keep naming him, naming him off. Kiviranta, I think Kiviranta's from uh, fin- from Finland too. But I don't know. Anyways, go uh, Finland. We like Finland. Yep, and obviously so does uh, so does Jim Nil, and then even before Jim Nil, uh, the the defenseman we had before, or the defenseman we had before, the general managers we had before. So, but realistically, uh, that does kind of help, like with team chemistry and stuff, like. I know it's kind of cliche to say that, but like having someone who speaks like your native language and is from a smaller country like that, like it's easier to become friends with a guy like that because you already have things in common with them. So it it is a plus. Right. And uh, if we, if this guy really does have a huge upside, which he might, he might, he might be a great uh, defenseman that could fill into that top four slot. Maybe. Maybe if Ryan Suter is not up to that, uh, but and if at, not, he's an amazing number five. <laughs> right, he's an amazing number five. Um, and uh, I, I mean, this is the kind of guy that you know that the stars really like. And and this is for those of you that didn't like the fact that Alexiak was very much you know in the play a lot more so offensively and trying to get involved offensively. This is a guy who could play with Mayor Haskinen that will not do those things yeah. and allow Mira Haskinen <laughs> to do those things. Yeah. You don't so, like offensive defensemen. Well, here you go. <laughs> yes. This is the guy you want. So anyways, uh, uh, and Paw, uh, I, I cannot wait for Razor to say his name the first time. I'm going to be so excited. <laughs> anyways. Uh, so that's the, one of the other big splashes. And he actually came, uh, later in the day. Um, and, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to admit, let's going to go ahead and go with the next one uh, that Wait, I love. Grade him. I gave him a good. You gave him a good? I, yeah. You're, gonna, you're not going to give him a mid plus? No, nah, he's a good. He's good. A plus. Okay. A plus uh, from Christian. So, you, you know. No, I, that he's a good, not an A plus. Not even an A plus. Okay. Just he's good. good. Okay. All right. Uh, Don't mess I, my scale. I, per, I love this next signing uh, myself. Uh, just because I've watched him for several years. I know he's on the older side, but I don't care. Luke Glendinning from the Detroit Red Wings comes to the Stars on a two-year deal worth a million and a half each per season. I really like Luke Glendinning. I love oh I love this deal so much. I know Josh and Zim hate it with their stupid advanced stats, but <laughs> screw advanced stats, dude. The eye right. test tells me that Luke Glendinning is awesome. All right, so... I really believe that he was signed for one reason and one reason only. And what is that? Face-offs. Face-offs. <laughs> he is better than, you know, and the stars are pretty good. You know, he, good they're pretty good. Uh, we're a good face-off team. And he just makes us even better. Like, holy crap. I think at one point, he in some of the seasons he's played, he's at he's been at like a 60% win on his face-off percentage, Luke Glendening. Holy crap. So, yeah, last season. I, I mean, I, so, <laughs> yeah, last season. There you go. 60% on, on a team that was really bad in the Detroit Red Wings. They got better, but they were still really bad last season. Um, and, and it just seems like, you know, these little things that uh, kind of pop up to you with certain players and what they do. Do you think Jim Nil thinks that faceoffs are really important? <laughs> Obviously, he really thinks important. Well, some some people, Especially some people press those NHL, off to the side. In today's NHL, it's all about possession, and like it, it, they say, well, well yep. coaches always harp on puck battles, puck battles, puck battles. And I remember 
the one of the big things that Monty talked about whenever he was with the stars, he's like, the first puck battle is the face-off. Like, that's what it is. So if you win the first puck battle, like the first puck battle of the, I don't even know what they call that. What What's what's the time called between whistles? Nah, I don't Pl- know. Play. Between whistles, whatever. <laughs> between play, whatever. But if you win that first puck battle, like you're art, you're already off at an advantage. Like, and if we can, like, it's gonna look like we're gonna be dominating faceoffs. We already were. Like, even last season without Tyler Sagan, we were still winning faceoffs most of the time. And like now, like with Luguin Dinning on our third or fourth line, like they're gonna be winning faceoff faceoffs too. Like, that's a puck battle. We're that's it's another puck battle that we're gonna win. So. I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't like it. And so he's basically the replacement for Cogliano. And boy, what an upgrade that is. That is a huge upgrade, in my well, opinion. Well, and a little bit of Dickinson, too, in my opinion. Because yeah. Dickinson was good on the uh, he was good on the face-off draw. And, yeah. uh, and on top of uh, face-offs, Glenn Denning can also uh, – he, he can kill penalty penalties. He's, he's, he's really good on the penalty, penalty killer. So uh, I, I'm honestly shocked – that uh, Detroit did not resign him. I'm and shocked I, that it only cost us one and a half million. Well, <laughs> it, bargain binning. Jim Nell's a is a beast, and he knows what he wants, and he he got decent contracts for uh, for some of these players. Uh, the only one that's that would be kind of iffy is the Suter contract, and even then, if Suter doesn't pan out uh, this season or or even seasons after, it's 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 not a huge loss to have a a cap like that it it, it yeah. might hurt us a little bit but it's not going to it's not high enough to cripple you <laughs> right it's not a 7.5 uh aav like the, the OEL contract <laughs> like or anything like contract. that <laughs> yeah so it's nothing like that so that's that is a good thing in that um and so one of the things that i i saw or that i saw that i heard when i was listening to uh jim knoll's uh media availability was the fact that and I forgot who said it. It might have been Mike Heika. He was saying that the Stars could possibly have uh, five of the top ten uh, face-off percentage win people in the NHL next starting next season. So I, I'm really excited for that fact. If we can possess the puck and keep it out of our zone, that helps. You know, that's that's what fifty percent of defense now is just winning the puck battle, getting it out of our zone. Winning a puck battle on the penalty kill, like that's immediately fifteen to twenty huge. seconds off the off the kill. Huge, off, huge, huge, at huge. At the huge. very beginning. Like it it's a crazy advantage to have. Like I think it's way more important than people give it credit for. Well and, and that's exactly why players like uh Nick Suzuki uh I mean the only the only fault in his game is that he can't win faceoffs. I mean uh if he could win faceoffs, he could be one of the best players in the well, NHL. And that's what we're talking about with he Rope Hintz, too. Like, right? I, and Rope is starting to win. He's starting to win more of those draws, especially this, he, this past year. Even last year when he 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 was kind of filling the role of Sagan, it's noticeable because in the big faceoffs, at the end of the games, Sagan won them. He would always win that faceoff, and Hintz wouldn't. And if you're trying to win the game with less than a minute left and you're in the offensive zone and you lose that faceoff, that is killer, dude. Mm-hmm. So, like, us having these awesome face-off guys and getting Sagan back as a, another great face-off guy, it's, it's going to be huge. I think it's going to be really noticeable about how much more we have the puck. And as a team that does not score well and is doubling down on the not scoring well with these signings, which I'm sure we'll talk about <laughs> a little bit later, it's going to be really important to have the puck way more than the other team. 
All right. Well, well, let's let's go over these these uh, face off guys for the stars. Sagan, he he's improved ever since he's gotten here. I think he's been here for six years now. Oh, that's crazy to think. Six or seven years now. He's uh, always above fifty percent. Well over. He's over. He's almost always over fifty percent. Uh, ben, even though he's he's started as a winger, he transferred to center when the stars were really bad and they didn't have any center depth. Uh, he's a good faceoff man. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we've got Glenn Denning on top of that. He's probably one of the best in one the, the best. NHL. Uh, you've got Roddick Foxa, who had a rough year this year, but we know we know why, why he broke now. his hand. Hands are yeah, kind he of broke important. his hand. Yeah, those are kind of important. <laughs> and then uh, we had Dickinson for the longest time as well. So meh. And then uh, the only detriment was Rope Hintz. And Roby Hintz was not good uh, his his breakout season, yeah. but last year he, being hurt, better he was he was better and his his numbers were getting better. It's still under fifty percent, so it's less than where you want it. But if he's on a line with somebody like oh, and Joe Pavelski, what Joe Pavelski as well, he's above fifty percent as well. So you've got all of these guys who could win that faceoff. And I mean, think about that. Think about that through the lineup for the Stars. There's somebody on every single line. That could possibly win a face-off. Sometimes two. That, that can realistically two win people. a face-off. <laughs> right, exactly. So it, it it's just insane the amount of depth that the stars have at that particular aspect and how much Jim Nill has shown that he feels that that is extremely important. Yeah. And uh, that is going to be important because we don't score, like I said. So with the signings we have, right, these it, are all defensive it ma- signings. It matches our it completely matches our style. Yeah. These right. all match our style. We're doubling down. We are with these signings, I feel like we are trying to be not one of the best. We are trying to be the best defensive team in the NHL. And if we can do that and find a way to get the puck more so that we can score more, that's that would work, I think. So we get we get Sagan back. We get Radulov back. That's a little bit more goal support. And if we can have the puck more than the other team, then obviously that gives you more of a chance to score. So it, having those two, hopefully that'll lead to wins, right? Right? I think that makes sense. There's still some questions surrounding this team. There's, and, there's uh, obviously questions on the offense, but and this I was actually looking this up earlier today. Like, if you look up like the top offensive teams and the top defensive teams, the top defensive teams are all great teams. The top offensive teams, some of them are not good teams, and they don't perform well in the playoffs. So, Defense is obviously more important than offense. And I know everybody hates to hear that in the modern NHL and offense is so highly praised. And of of course, I feel like offense is way more important in the regular season. But when you get to the playoffs, like teams like the Islanders, they are contenders every year. Their offense is below league average on almost every stat. And they are consistently making conference finals. Like you don't need that offense. New York Islanders. You need some offense. You don't need the best offense. So if we can find a way to get some points, if we can find a way for Rope Hints to be even better than he was the year before, that's all we need. So defense is more important in the playoffs. I love the signings. I love doubling down on the identity of the team. Overall for free agency, are we done? Oh, wait, can I give the overall? I already have been. Overall, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) We, we still got a lot to talk about, too. And uh, uh, so uh, I, I skipped over this one by accident. I meant to mention this one right after Hawk and Paw. But uh, this is not really a free agent signing. Uh, this is more of a extension. Mira Haskinen. He gets his 
Big money contract. Oh, shoot, we didn't even talk about. Man, we haven't been. Yeah, I know, man. It's been a while, man. Yeah, that's what we get for not doing it. So, Mira Haskinen, he signs for eight years. So, he gets the big money contract and term. We're 50 minutes in and we didn't talk about that. I know, man. And and he gets $8.45 million per season. Uh, Jimno got it done. Exactly what we needed and exactly what uh, he needed as well. It's been pretty much two weeks since this happened. So, I'm sure y'all had enough of the talk about it but i'll just say especially since the signings that have happened recently this is a great contract i love it miro Haskin is going to be a star for almost forever hooray and we thought he was going to get i mean we were talking nine and a half maybe 10 yeah, we million. were saying eight and a half would be a good contract and right. that's all we got so and he got and he even got a little bit less than eight and a half you know about fifty thousand less <laughs> it, it, it's basically eight and a half yeah so okay uh other players uh that the stars got over the past couple of uh things uh they're some of them are not really big they're more depth moves and then we'll get to the one that really scared everybody uh so another one they signed uh andreas borgman uh he kind of split the year between tampa bay and syracuse uh at, he's just a purely a depth move for the stars uh, same thing with Alexander Petrovic. Alexander Petrovic kind of comes over uh, from Stockton of the American Hockey League. He spent most of the time there. And uh, again, another depth move. He's kind of an older guy. So in case the Stars have a lot of uh, uh, injuries and stuff like that, those are two guys that can but jump that'll in. never happen. <laughs> we said that about the forwards, and that's why we didn't make the playoffs last year. So. Um, and then just some other uh, other re-signings. Colton Point signs a one-year two-way contract. Nick Commando comes back kind of one on a one-year two-way contract as well. Um, uh, another, you know, uh, contract of note. Michael Raffle comes from the Philadelphia Flyers, and uh, and also the Washington Capitals. He was on both teams for both of those uh, for for both of the for this past season. Uh, he's a solid two-way guy. He's got good hockey sense, and uh, he's also big guy. He he he's got a he's a strong physical presence on that line and on the ice. And uh, again, just more veteran savvy, more depth. If, uh, if the stars play good this year, hopefully he doesn't find the ice very often. Though <laughs> I I, th- I think he will, because uh, I think he would. He's purely a fourth line guy. He's not a third line guy. Uh, <laughs> and so. We'll see how that goes. I'm hoping uh, to see Delandria and Masher in there instead, but we'll right, see. and we'll talk more about that here in a second about what the lineup may look like uh, right after this. But uh, any thoughts about any of those contracts? Just purely depth moves. Anything those that are all depth moves in case everyone gets COVID or gets hurt again. But we all know that that never <laughs> happens, and that those guys will never see the ice ever because everyone always stays healthy. Knock on wood. All right, uh, let's get to the, uh, the the signing that scared everybody, um, and not just sent shockwaves through Dallas Stars world, but across the uh, uh, shoot across the hockey world. Uh, Mister Braden Holby is a member of the Dallas Stars. He comes to the Dallas Stars on a uh, one-year, two million dollar deal. Um, I never saw this coming. And when I first saw the the tweets for it, I thought it was a joke. 
because it, it, it wasn't the tweets weren't coming it wasn't coming from you know uh darren drager or frank cervelli elliot friedman chris johnson any of those guys it was it didn't come from those guys at first and then you know those guys started you know saying yes this is a thing and i'm thinking holy crap uh we have four NHL goalies on our roster, Chris. We have four. What's what's your thoughts? Tell me your thoughts. What you're thinking? I thought the same thing when I saw it. I thought it was a joke. I I thought they were spoof accounts or something like that when I first saw it. But, it, but my thought is crap. <laughs> that means Ben Bishop is not okay. That is exactly what that means. And that means that he's is not going to play thing. next season. So. The big question mark for next year: We know we're gonna be, we know we're gonna be a good defensive team. We know we're gonna be good on faceoffs, and we're gonna be good on penalty kills. We don't know if we're gonna score goals. That's up to our individual forwards and our offensive defensemen, of course. And we'll talk about that in a second too. But the number one question mark this season is how good is our goaltending gonna be, and who's gonna be in the net because we have no idea. <laughs> so. The ideal case scenario is that Ottinger is our starting goalie. He goes he goes to training camp, he plays amazing, he t- steals the job and he just he carries this team on his back until we become a dynasty and win five cups and he has three <laughs> Vesna trophies and all that. That's the ideal situation and Holtby's in the back retiring. <laughs> um <laughs> The, the bad situation is that Hudobin's our starter, Holtby's the backup, and that Ottinger is in the AHL. And I am very scared of that possibility. I do not want that to happen. If that happens, I I will be very upset and will be on the fire nil train. Like, literally, for that only, only that reason, I will jump on the fire nil train. Because if we waste another prospect in the AHL, another especially goalie another prospect. goalie... Another goalie prospect. Jack Campbell will, 2.0. That can I will happen. lose my mind. Like, I think Jack Campbell's whole career was screwed up by staying in the AHL that long. I think if Amen. he moves up when he was actually ready, who knows? Maybe he gains that confidence and is a great goalie. Like, and is and we don't we don't trade for Ben Bishop. We don't we don't need to get Auntie Niemi whenever mm. Lennon starts struggling. <laughs> we just have Jack Campbell and we go win cups that way. And we have our offense system and all that, and Jack Campbell is just the the wall in the back. But Jim Nill sucks at deciding when prospects should start playing in the in the NHL. He's terrible at it. So please, please, just let Ottinger play in the NHL. He doesn't have to be the starter just to start off with. He can be he can be the backup or the or the or the or the one B or whatever. Please don't put Ottinger in the AHL. I will I will cry. I will literally cry. On camera. <laughs> Lots of thoughts uh, f- from me here. Uh, maybe good, maybe bad. How um, good? <laughs> so Jim Nil is very different than some other uh, GMs. Um, some GMs, you know, they get their star pupil, young guy, and they hand the reins to them and they say go win be free jim nell is not like that but how many 
How many times has that happened for an NHL franchise? Well, the Penguins won the cup that way. Okay, and but so did the, the Blues. Okay, but again, <laughs> again, very few. I don't include Jordan Bennington in this group of players, but the group of players that I think of of young players that can drop in and just immediately start making an impact. Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Alexander Ovechkin. That's that's probably where my list stops right there. I don't include Nathan McKinnon. I don't include uh I don't even include Leon Dreisidel in that conversation. Um and it's just because of how the NHL they they love youth. They value youth in the NHL nowadays. It's been going younger and younger and younger. And instead of the prime being, you know, 27, I think that age now has dropped to like 24, 25, where a player is in his prime. The thing I don't want to see happen to Ottinger is what happened to Carter Hart. And I've mentioned this before. Carter Hart was given the reins to the to the crease without any competition. So there was nobody that was going to take his spot, not even Brian Elliott when he was there. And he had a good, he had a really good season, you know, a good couple of seasons. This past season, though, holy crap, uh, not good whatsoever at all in the story discussion. I mean, the Flyers missed the playoffs partially on the fact that they could not keep goals out of their own net. And, I mean, there were even games that Carter Hurt wasn't even on the roster. He he wasn't even the backup, so he couldn't have even played that night, even if they wanted him to. So, in a way, I understand what Jim Nill is doing. Am I a hundred percent behind what he's doing? No, because Ottinger has proven himself. He has shown that he is capable of being a good goaltender. I don't know if he can be a starter right now. But definitely a tandem goaltender with somebody else with another with another uh, you know an, another good decent goaltender. So so you agree he at least needs to be a backup at the very least. He can't be in the AHL. So this that comes to my second thought. If you're Jim Nil, you don't want Ottinger sitting on the bench being a backup. If he doesn't get an if the plan is for him to not at least get half of the games. In the NHL, he needs to be playing in the AHL. That's my that's my thinking if I'm Jen Nell. I'm not saying I agree with that, but that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to read his mind, what I'm thinking. When you listen to the to the again, I'm gonna go back to this uh to this post game or to this post game, to this uh media availability interview that he had with all the stars media guys. He wants more competition for Ottinger. He doesn't want to just give Ottinger the reins. And Hudobin's still there. If Bishop is ready to go for training camp, which I don't think he will be, uh, you know, he's he's not, you know, he could be there. And then now Holby's going to be there. So if Bishop was still healthy, Ottinger would not take the starting job away from bishop right correct i would you would agree with that right correct he would take it away from hudobin yes but he but he wants to make sure that ottinger is fully ready 
and he wants more competition for Ottinger. And I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm agreeing with this 100%. I'm understanding it, but I'm not agreeing with it. I, I see you shaking your head. But do you understand the, the thought process if you're Jim? No. Yes, but I, the only way it makes sense is if you trade if you trade Hudobin. Like that's the only way it makes sense. You can't you you can't have you can't have three those three guys on the roster at the same time, in my opinion. You you're gonna scratch a goalie every night? Like that that can't happen, I don't think. Like that's not reasonable. <laughs> like well, it, it, there's gonna be competition either way, whether it's Holtby or Hudobin. They're they're both decent goalies still. So if it, if Ottinger does, hey, I let you talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> so if Ottinger does figure out that for whatever reason he's going into a sophomore slump, we're gonna have those guys who are gonna be decent enough so that if our team is good, we will still be a good overall. But there's no reason to have three. There's not, un- un- unless you're gonna scratch either Holtby or Hudobin every game, and then that's a lot of money that you're not even gonna have on on the bench. So. It only makes sense if Hudobin is traded, in my opinion. That's the only way it makes sense. And then you're trying to free up cap space for something else. That's the only way it makes sense in my mind. And if Hudobin is not traded and Ottinger's in the AHL, that's insane to me. I, I would wholeheartedly disagree with it, like I've already said. So who do you expect? Uh, let's just say that Bishop is not ready because it, it, from what I feel I, like that's obvious that I, I think that's 100% obvious if he comes back at all uh, yeah. for that fact. So what, who's the tandem? The tandem, the tandem is Holby Ottinger. So you that think... has to be it. In my opinion, there's no other option. That's the only option. It... So if Hudobin, if you, even if Hudobin outplays or outperforms Holby at training camp, Hudobin can't go to training camp. Hudobin has to be traded before training camp starts. What are you going to do? Put him on waivers that's, and send him to the that's AHL? Not, that, I'm telling you right now, Chris, based off of what I saw and what I watched in the pre- that uh, press conference, that is not going to happen. That's that's ridiculous. That's crazy, in my opinion. Why are, why are we having a $2 million and a $3.5 million goalie fight each other in training camp to be the backup to someone who gets paid less than a million? I don't know. I, it, the, I, I understand why he did it. I don't necessarily agree with it. I don't but, understand. Uh, uh, there would have uh, been competition either way. But not really. Yeah, yes. If, if, Hudobin no, would have been if, if Bishop, still a good goalie. He would have been good competition. If Bishop is hurt, if Bishop is 100% hurt, there's no way point is coming in. The only two people that, the only two goaltenders you would have is you would have a Hudobin-Ottinger tandem again. Yeah, like a normal NHL hockey team. <laughs> but right, but that is but you're missing my point. That that is not what Jim Nil wants. He wants competition between he doesn't want to just give Ottinger the yeah, reins. The he wants to give the, more the competition is for the starting job. It's who's the best goalie. It's like exactly what happened last year. It's season. a and it's a three way right now. It's a There's three no way reason between... to have a three way competition for goalie. That doesn't happen in a, in a normal hockey team. That's so much money wasted on on competition. But we're but again, he he obviously doesn't feel a hundred percent for sure about Ottinger or Hudobin, which is why he went out and caught Holby. Holby. <laughs> um, and okay. So, so let's leave that discussion, uh, for another oh. day. But what I do want to talk about is, uh, Holby's numbers are not good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all that said, all the competition. Yeah. And Holby but, sucks. Holtby does he, he the past couple of years since like, he's he goes to training camp we buy him out after training camp no that won't that will not happen <laughs> that will not happen 
Um, oh so, my gosh. Well, it, it can't happen. That's not. Let's talk about a couple of positives with Clayton Holby because the so he does have Stanley Cup, uh, you know, Stanley Cup final, you know. Oh my gosh, experience! I can't think of the word for a second. Experience, okay. Yeah, he had one of the greatest saves of all time in his Stanley Cup final. Yes, that's true. Okay, that that's also true. But he hasn't been the same since then. And no. in Vancouver, <laughs> he was behind a really bad defensive core in. Uh, Vancouver and coming to here I think we our defensive core and our defensive style of where we play can make any goaltender look good I'll agree a, there's no doubt he will be better. go <laughs> go look at New York Varlamov Varlamov is I would say an above average goaltender but he looks great because of the style that they play same thing with Sorokin he was a rookie last year and they were so they were so physically, you know, making sure that that their defensive side of their game was locked down that Sorokin didn't have to be tested all that much. I mean, uh, they had that one game where they, you know, laid a goose egg. And it was like eight to zero against uh, uh, Tampa Bay. But other than that game, they were sound defensively from the other games that I watched. Um, so I think that Braden Holtby coming here could be a good thing for him. And I think he could be good enough for the stars if he has to be an option. I hope he's not. Uh, I still think it'll be a Hudobin Ottinger tandem uh, this upcoming season. And I think uh, Holtby, uh, shoot, I don't know. Maybe gets traded. I don't know. But I give uh, this signing two poops. Two poops. <laughs> I, I I like your uh, your rating system here, Chris. It's very good. It's a very accurate scientific scale. Uh, Don't uh, roll uh, your uh, eyes at me. What is wrong with you? <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, just to throw some stats up, we'll put a bow on it, and then we'll talk about our who cares segment for tonight. Uh, I don't even want to say these because they're so bad. Seven, eleven, and three. He only he only played in twenty one games. It was all with Vancouver this past season. Three point six seven goals against average, and an eight eighty nine save percentage. Holy crap! Whoa. <laughs> uh, that's that's bad. That's just just real bad. So, uh, and, and you know, this is a guy who he's been a Vezina Trophy winner. He's won the Stanley Cup. Uh, he helped the Capitals earn the Will William Jennings Trophy uh, back in 2016-2017. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say about this, man. I, it, the, this whole situation just has me completely confused. So, uh, final thoughts on Braden Holtby, Chris? I already gave it. Two poops. Two poops. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is... Not all of the news. Obviously, we'll talk about way more news afterwards. But uh, before we get to our uh, our Who Cares segment for tonight, which is going to be fun, it's going to be interesting, uh, let's just look at a potential Stars lineup. This is what, uh, what I put together based off of all these, after all the signings and stuff. So, line one, hence Pavelski, Robertson. Pavelski stays on the right side. He's not a center. Agree? Good? I like it. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, and then line two, Sagan, Radulov, and I put Garyanov. That's our second line. What do you yeah. think? 
we'll see where Guriana falls. I feel like he's going to have a better season. So I agree. We'll put him on that line. I feel like he fits better with those two as well. So, and I want to mention this right now because a lot of Stars fans did not like the fact that this was uh, not addressed in free agency, but they wanted another top six player that could score goals. We have seven top six guys. Right. That's that's exactly <laughs> what I what I was thinking too. And they're and a lot of them were either hurt or had bad seasons or whatever. Or so, is Jamie Ben, who's unfortunately had multiple bad seasons in a row. Right. And third line, this is who I put. I put uh Ben, uh Kiviranta, and I put uh Raffle there as well. Yeah, I guess you could put Raffle or Glendening there. That, that's a I want Raffle to be a healthy scratch in my in my personal opinion. I don't think he's I don't I don't love him, but whatever. So who would you who would you put as your third line then? I would put uh Delandria or I, I really want to see Masterin on the lineup. I I feel like if he has a good training camp, he can work his way in there. Well what about Damiani? There are so many, so many players and I, not enough roster spots. Uh, let's just say in general, <laughs> I prefer I prefer a younger guy who has scrapped his way to a roster spot rather than a defensive-minded veteran who really is just a guy who can't score and figured out a way to stay in the NHL. Again, that third line needs to score for the Stars this year. Not, exactly. That's what not I'm defensive, saying. Not if we can find minded. somebody, give them a chance, they're hungry, I would much prefer that, especially on a team that's already old. You know, speaking of Raffle, I don't, I don't even know what he scored this past season. Nothing. Uh, yeah. Where, where, where eleven points. Yeah. Eleven points in forty-four games. So that's, yeah. So Same that's thing. so. You know what? I take that back. I, I want to see one of those guys up there too. I want to see some younger guys. Man, I made you change me. your mind in real time. You did. You Man, did. Good I'm job. Convincing. Christian. All right, and then for your fourth line, I guess uh, since well, I'll say I want Damiani and Masherin up there. Uh, with Ben, I'll put. Uh, dang, that's a good fourth line. Uh, Foxa, Glendening, Como. That's a good Heck fourth yeah, line. Yeah, that's a good fourth line. <laughs> that's a really good fourth line. That's what I'm. Si- that's why I'm so excited, yeah. bro. Like, yeah, I'm our excited. lineup is good, but the goalies just terrifies me, dude. Yeah, uh, does. agreed. Please let Ottinger play. <laughs> yeah, we, we, where's uh, where's Josh with his uh, cardboard sign that says "Free Ottinger" when you need it. All right, and then that leaves us with our uh, our defense. We're not even talking about the goaltenders because we already did. But uh, I'm going to say Kleinberg and Liddell stay together. I'm going to say Haskinen and Suter, and I'm going to say Hawk and Paw and Sekera. And I know there's a lot of people that are going to want to say uh, Hart to see Harley up here. Harley doesn't need to be playing in the bottom three or the bottom two, excuse me, in the in the third pairing, the bottom two. So I, I think it's going to be Sekera and Hawk and Paw. And that, I think that's our our lineup for the our possible lineup for the stars. If Harley has a crazy good camp and Sekera doesn't, I would be fine seeing <clears> Harley <throat> in there. I would be happy with it. I feel like he would get enough minutes, it, especially if he's playing well. Because I think that third pair is great. If especially if Harley's in there, that would be a crazy good third pair. They would they would play a lot more than the third pair did last season. So I would be I would be fine with Harley being in that in that spot over Sekera. Agreed, hundred percent. So. I don't right, know why well, I have a feeling the Sekera's going to do bad, but I just do. Well, and, and you know, we harp on him so much. And then when we don't talk about him, that, that's a good thing because it means he's yeah. doing his job. <laughs> his job is to not be noticeable. <laughs> right. And and, he, and, he, and for portions of the season, he wasn't. So that was a good thing. So anyways, 
uh, that's going to do it for us for the stars portion. We're going to get into our who cares segment for the evening. Uh, or nobody cares. Nobody cares segment for the evening where we talk nope. about anything but hockey. So for. But it was called who cares. Who cares? It's who, called who cares. Who gives a crap? Who, who cares? cares about who cares? Okay. So anyways, uh, for our who cares segment this evening, we are talking about our top three favorite summer olympic games so you want to go first or you want me to go first uh we'll, we'll we'll do the pass it back and forth thing we'll 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 start at number three okay all right so you first or me first uh i'll go ahead and go first go ahead okay number three because it is hilarious we have artistic swimming how is that a sport? If you're going to call artistic swimming a sport, you have to call marching band a sport, and I don't think marching band is a sport. All right, moving on to you. Can you imagine a marching band Olympics? like Olympic <laughs> The medal? Olympics of marching band. Oh, the United States would win that hands down. It wouldn't even be close. Okay. Japan has some good marching bands. Okay, you know what? Never mind. Okay, Japan wins. <laughs> that is very true. Okay, uh, for my number three, I put uh, gymnastics. I love I love. And, and and I know that's very broad because there's very different things about gymnastics, but I enjoy watching all gymnastics, the the women's side and the men's side. Uh, j- just the fact that some of the things that those guys and ladies can do uh, blows my ever-living mind. Um, y- you know, on a side note, it, it was really sad to hear about uh, Simone Biles uh, dropping out of the uh, dropping out of the Olympic games. Uh, but you know, it allowed for other members of the women's, uh, team USA team to kind of shine through. So it, it was good in that aspect. And, uh, it was mostly from a mental health side that she, uh, that she kind of dropped out. So I don't think it was necessarily a physical side. So, um, there that she was hurt or anything. So uh, anyway, shout out to her. Hopefully she's okay. Uh, hopefully we'll see her at the next Olympics or whatever. But, uh, yeah, anyways, number three, gymnastics. All right, what's your number two? All right. My number two. Oh, wait, are you actually looking at a list? You're actually looking, looking at a list, at a list. I have the oh, whole you nerd. list. I you have the absolute whole list nerd. Right I'm just doing this based off of this. Number complete... two, we're going to be legit on number two. And okay. we're going to give it to water polo. Really? Water polo is fun to watch. Have you watched water polo? Uh-huh. It is fun. It is so mm-hmm. cool. Those guys, it's it's kind of like hockey, whereas like you're you're playing you're playing a ball into net game. I, I include like soccer, hockey, lacrosse, handball, ball, handball, ball into net game while doing something that's difficult, <laughs> like standing in so- standing and running in soccer. That's not that difficult, but treading uh, oh water. Oh boy, you just opened a can of worms for a bunch of soccer fans. <laughs> no, okay, the stamina required for that. Okay, yes, but think about. The stamina required for water polo is way more. Try treading water and then try standing. In an Olympic-sized <laughs> pool on top of that. Yeah, yeah. I agree with Those you. I totally cute. get it. Yeah. Water polo, awesome sport. And they, yeah. like, dunk each other. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I I actually – that was going to be my number one, but I'll put it at my number two so that our our, our number ones are different. But uh, I, I had water polo at one. I love watching water polo. It's so much fun to watch. Uh, it, in just the, I mean, for all the things that you said too, just the amount of strength and stamina you have to have in order to one, stay afloat, 
So, you know, people who can't swim, that they're already impressed with that. Uh, two, you have to be able to, you know, you know, stay in contact with your team and try and figure out how to score a goal that way on top of that. And, you know, all that, uh, all the other stuff that goes along with that as well. So, uh, I mean, you already hit all the nails on the head, so I'll leave you at that. Uh, what's your number one, Chris? What's your number one? The number one Summer Olympic game is handball. Really? That's not something I expected from you. I thought you would think handball is stupid. I choose handball because it is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) What a ridiculous game. (laughs) You all know the rules of handball. The rules of handball is to take a ball in your hand and throw it in a net. It's literally called handball. handball. And 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 the net is huge. To make it harder, you can't get close to the net. The the court is shaped <laughs> like it has two big half circles where the goalie stands and nobody else, literally nobody. But you can like jump into the circle. That doesn't make sense. You're only made that rule that you can jump into the circle because it looks cool. You get a <laughs> flying throw. What does that make sense? And the dribbling part that makes zero sense. Like they just dribble for no reason. It seems like sometimes maybe I just don't know. I, okay, I definitely don't know the rules, but they just dribble for no reason. Like. And like the, the the athletes that do this game, I feel like these are all the rejected athletes. The the rejected. Oh, rejected that is so mean. So these guys were playing basketball, <laughs> right? They couldn't make it in basketball, so they switched to I don't know tennis or something. Couldn't make it in tennis either. Then they switched to swimming, or no, they switched to diving. Actually, they switched to diving. They couldn't make it in diving either. And then they finally made their way to handball, and they're they're a killer on the handball court, bro. But seriously, look at some of those guys. Those are not like A1 athletes. Right. But that's okay. what makes it great. This is a rec sport that's being broadcasted on national TV for millions of people to watch. And it's a rec sport is what it looks like. It looks like a made-up rec sport. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, literally Texas A&M rec sports didn't make up this game. Well, here- it. It's great. So uh, before I give mine out, I, I want to give a shout-out here to Uncontrollable Gamer 97 uh i i'm not sure what 3p stands for but rifles is what i watch that you know that's another good one uh i enjoy watching that because some of that takes some real marksmen what's up uh, with the 10 meter rifles for 10 meters the, is nothing yeah <laughs> i don't know what it is 10 meters like you, you gotta back up bro yeah so yeah shout out to uncontrollable gamer meters. 97 thanks for thanks for tuning in tonight man um and uh thank you for your uh comment as well uh and joining so in on that um my number one, and I changed it because water polo was going to be my serious number one, uh, but this is my non-serious number one, race walking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, race Seeing them do that the whole time, yeah. I no. cannot. But legitimately, like, the form you have to have for race walking, like, it's super specific. Like, have you, have you, have you watched, have you like yes, watched yes, I know, anything on the four? It, it, it's, it's, it's still, it's, it's, it's so dumb. It is so dumb. It makes no sense whatsoever why to have race walking. Exactly like handball. <laughs> so both of our number ones are stupid. <laughs> I guess so. Okay. Well, that's why the Olympics are great. Nobody watches the Olympics <laughs> so that they can go and watch a sport they've always watched. The reason the Olympics are great <laughs> is because you watch sports that you have no idea about. It's amazing. So, of course, we're going to pick those things. 
that's what the Olympics are all about is watching a bunch of athletes that aren't really the best at sports compete on a national level for fake pieces of precious metals. So, so what a lovely uh, thought to end this podcast on. Man, d- just just a, a a thing. I'm I'm looking at this race walking thing. There's some history. It made its debut in the Olympics in 1904. Yeah, in St. Louis. It's been around for over a hundred years. I didn't know that. I thought That's that was like a longer thing. than running. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's stupid. It's the dumbest thing ever. No, and amazing. and for some reason, there was literally one year where I sat down and I watched it, and I don't know why. Because I, I guess because there was nothing else go. There was nothing else on. Oh no, I remember. I was waiting for uh, I was waiting for men's volleyball because the the team USA was doing really well, and right by, right before it happened to be uh, race walking. I can't remember how many years ago that was, but yeah, race walking you know, is for the guys that didn't even did make I handball watch teams. It. <laughs> so if you didn't make if you didn't make uh, soccer, then you got relegated to handball, and if you didn't even make the handball team, you get relegated to race walking. <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! Ugh. How do you even practice for that in public? Like, it's so awkward, right? Can you imagine just just thinking about that? I, I can't imagine. Anyway, okay, we're gonna end this off tonight because we got another long podcast tomorrow that we're gonna have to talk about everything else that happened. Uh, just hint, hint. Mark Andre Fleury, Philip Grubauer. We'll talk about that day, tomorrow night. Um, thank you guys for tuning in along with Christian Chambers. I'm Ryan. Uh, make sure you go follow us on all our Twittergrams, Instagrams, uh, Snap, Snapbooks, all that jazz. Uh, and uh, thank you, thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring uh, this episode. Make sure you use that promo code THPN uh, to get a good deal for all that stuff. Um, uh, anything else, Chris? I'll let you have the last word before we uh, close out for this evening. TU sucks. They're going to get Detroit destroyed in the SEC. Oh, we'll talk about that tomorrow, too. We'll talk about that tomorrow. All right. Good night, guys. And we'll see you guys on the flip side.